What's going on, Goon Gang? Welcome back to another Gaming Goons podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow and rate on Spotify. But today is a special episode because we've got another guest. His name is Luke. You want to do the intro? Did you just forget Dan's name? No, no. I thought you had an intro set up for him. I, was, I mean, I do. That we're going to get him hyped up. Okay. First off, we're joined back again. We are at full strength. We have the three gaming goons. And we are on video today. So this is uh, going to be an interesting experiment. We're going to see how this goes. And hopefully we can just keep getting better with every episode. So uh, we're back at full strength. I, Luke, am here. I'm joined by... I am Josh. Joey is here as well. As well as our special guest for the day, the absolute unit of a man himself, Dan the Man, also known as Vivo on Twitch. Dan, how you feeling? Feeling pretty good outside of uh, Josh completely forgot my name for a minute there. That hurt a little bit. Ah, I, I couldn't think I couldn't think for a second. Uh, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to move on now. So what's today's topic, Joey? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about open world games. Ooh, okay, okay. There's a lot right. of highly anticipated open world games coming out, number one being Starfield. So we'll be before talking we, a little bit about that. Yeah, before we talk about that, let's start with a base definition of what an open world game is. Yes. So that we can kind of clarify when we get to the games and see if that game is an open world game. Sure. Yeah, and I believe you have something prepared. Uh, and video games and open world is a virtual world in which the player can approach objectives freely as opposed to a world with a more linear and structured gameplay. Uh, just means that you're basically thrown into a big area that you can explore to your heart's content. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, if, if anyone's a huge Sonic fan, look at Sonic Adventure 1 versus Sonic Adventure 2. Sonic Adventure 1, you have an open world. Sonic Adventure 2, you're limited to just the levels. Kind of like a linear progression, like what I think is like The Last of Us. There's almost no open world aspect at all. And a game that is massive, sort of like Breath of the Wild, it has everything you need right at the start. Mm -hmm. It's completely open world. That's kind of the distinction, I feel. Let's take a quick dive. uh, I believe we have a list somewhere of uh, the top open world games that have already been released. I believe Dan's got some of that, too. Is it top by... Like top rated or top so selling? It's I I have IGN's pull up, okay, which isn't going to be the best. It's IG, not the, it's not the magnum opus of lists. I think it's it gonna is, it'll be solid. Let's I think hear it. It's gonna go more along. I think they do their lips lips their lists more along hype and sales numbers than how good the game actually is. But I think it's a really good like basis on what's out there right now. Uh, 10, they have the Spider-Man Miles Morales, so the most recent Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I want to play that so bad. Same. Same. I played the first one. I am not a fan of it. I've played it like three times, and I could never get into it. I've always, uh, I've just never enjoyed it. I agree with that. And I we can talk about myself. like the open world aspect of it and my thoughts on it, so I can kind of tell you why. But let's hear, let's hear number yeah. eight. Uh, number eight was Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, which... Fantastic game. It's getting a little dated now, but if you guys haven't played it, that is a great game. Never played a Metal Gear Solid game. I think I got a free copy of that game on uh, Games with Gold for Xbox. Oh, Oh, 100%. I have the only reason I got it was free on the PlayStation Store. Hmm. Uh, Seven seven is Skyrim. I mean, it's got to be on there. It's got to be on there. Six. Fallout New Vegas. Wow. Kind of hurts me that Skyrim is lower than. New Vegas, but well, hey, that's Joey's, my opinion. Joey's got to have something to say about that because that I is, do. Uh, is I... my favorite game of all time. It's definitely in my top three for sure. It's it's buy it, get it, play it now, <laughs> do it. 
It's amazing. I love it. We'll talk a little more about it here in a little bit, though. But to be fair, six and seven, those are both. He's upset about that. Sheer disappointment. Those are. It's okay. I've heard too much about Fallout from this man. I think Fallout 4 is the best Fallout. I'll say that right now before we go any further into it a little bit. Yeah, let's finish the list. We do have a lot to talk about. Number five is Elden Ring, which gets talked a lot of about a lot on here yeah you guys you guys bring up Elden Ring like every other episode it's my child pretty much <sighs> number four uh Red Dead Redemption 2 really okay. fair have, believe it or not I have never played a Rockstar game ever really I think that's no GTA wow. no RDR I didn't play GTA but uh that's a good segue into the next one which number is three. GTA 5 that's number kids. number three on the list yeah number three on the list is GTA 5 Coming wow. up at number two, The Witcher Three, which kind the of Wild Hunt. That's me. crazy. Wild Hunt, yeah, that surprises wow. me. It Jeez. was a big game, wow. but like to be above Skyrim, to be above to be above New Vegas, New Vegas, all these big above, titles. GTA, like above all of yeah. those, like that blows me away. It did win Game of the Year, though. It did, but like yeah. a lot of these. Did, so did uh, didn't Red Dead Two win Game of the Year? I think it did. This no by IGN rating because GTA yeah. sell yes. has a lot of money. Red yeah. Dead Two came out in 2018, and God of War won in 2018. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And coming up at number one. Legends of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. That's not shocking. That makes sense. That makes sense. This Interesting. This was released before Tears of the Kingdom, I believe. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, this... I don't know. I know Josh has the opinion. You just finished Tears of the Kingdom. Right? I did just finish Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I, I believe you've declared that that is the best Legend of Zelda game. Um, objectively speaking, I would say that is the best Legend okay. of Zelda game. My favorite is still Ocarina of Time. Uh, that will always be my favorite, but it's a special place in the heart. It's it really it's does. a it's a nice place in the heart. I love it well, so much. Well, I would say that's a pretty that's a pretty good list. Yeah. I would say those are all probably in the top 10. I would say Red Dead is pretty good, but I don't know if I'd rate it that high. You also have to remember so this was posted and updated on December 1st of 2022. So okay. we're about six months, yeah, six months away from Not there. too many open world games have released since then, though. It's only really been Tears of the Kingdom, and that's... Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean I'm sure there's other ones, but I don't. I can't really think of any that's been released in the last six months. That, I think, is a good way to open the episode, because that gives us, everyone that's listening an idea of a couple examples of games that they've maybe played that you know lend themselves mm-hmm. to the open world. Another good franchise that's an example is probably Assassin's Creed. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, the that's only true. One I've ever played of that is uh, Black Flag, mm-hmm. and you have access to the whole scenes. You can travel on your ship from point A to point B. You go to Havana. It's wonderful. That's one of the best Assassin Creed games, in my opinion. It is the best. I'm biased because it's the only one I've played, but it is the best. I love it. Were they all open world? All the Assassin's Creed games? Because I remember it being more of a, like, you go from one area, then loading screen to the next area, then loading screen to the next area. They're all, they're all pretty much open world. Are I they? remember... The second one being pretty open world. The third one as well. It is kind of level based. Like every time you yeah. go into a building, even in Fallout, you have a loading screen in yeah. the earlier editions of games okay. just because of the hard drives couldn't mm-hmm. handle everything. But I kind of want to know what everybody's favorite open world game is. <sighs> so I'll give a second for you guys to think about it. I have mine. Um, mine is Elden Ring. <laughs> Easily Elden Ring. Man, surprise. So I mean, I, I, I talk about it all the time. It is one of my favorite games probably of all time. It's probably my top five. It is one of the best progressions of an open world there is, and there's almost no linear fashion. It gives you no real objective. You have to go out and find it. And it, oh man, I, 
It's just so good. It's just so good. That's my favorite open world game. Joey, you have an answer yet? Uh, I want to piggyback off of Josh a little bit. I, I, I'm going to say two because I can't really say one because I'm so heavily, like my mind says one and my heart says another. My heart says Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Mm. And my mind says Elden Ring. And, and I agree with you for every point for Elden Ring, but I have to put a side note that there's just enough of a little push to get you going. Where yeah. The sights of graces kind of point you kind of where you need to go. Right. But you, you can follow it or you don't have to. And what I like about Elden Ring is that every time you go somewhere, you're rewarded for going there. Mm-hmm. So you could go to a cave and you'll know for sure that there will be something there. So it'll either be a new enemy or a new weapon or spell. There is something to strive for everywhere you go. I really got to play this game, man. I don't know. I know you have to, but Dan, Dan, I'm gonna let you go before me because I have uh, I have a complete genre shift from the two years. Uh, so. I kind of do too, but that's just because I'm not a big open world gamer. I struggle okay. with a lot of those. Uh, the only one that I continuously play, still play, and have restarted and played again is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, big Pokemon guy, so I'd have to say that's probably my favorite open world game because that's the only one that it's like. I don't know. It's Pokemon, but like completely in the open world, go do your own thing, mm-hmm. find Pokemon wherever you want, rather than be stuck on the route system. Yeah, that, that's a wonderful example because Pokemon yeah. kind of yeah. gives you that nudge as mm-hmm. well. You know, you need to earn badges and progress, yes. but it's also you can look for shinies, you can do this, you can do that, you can do whatever yes. you want. So I don't know much about like Violet. What, what was it, Scarlet and Violet? Yes. I don't know much about it, but what makes that better than Arceus? Because I know Arceus is pretty big on the open world aspect rcs was more along the lines of okay you go to the gate and it gives you like five or six different areas you can choose to fast travel to and then you're dro- dropped into an open world Ooh, or okay. as scarlet and violet was you walk out of your house and you just go mm, i see okay more, more along the lines of like how Elden ring did it or how breath of the wild did it where you walk out of the cave and you're just there go and do your own thing you i gotcha mountain? you can go there yes yep. yes that's okay um my pick is also my favorite game of all time. I've played it like six times, and it is a complete genre shift from all three of yours, and that is Mass Effect 2. I know you were going to say that. I think that's the biggest snub that was not on the top open world games list from IGN. IGN, get your crap together, man. Um, IGN so, is not yeah. a reliable source. So while, <laughs> while we're on the note of Mass Effect real quick, yeah. I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but have you heard the indoctrination theory for Shepard? Yes. I don't want to get too deep into it, but there's a fan theory out there where Shepard has been indoctrinated by what is what is the race the called? The Reapers yeah. the whole time. So he's kind of being mind controlled by people the whole time. But they don't really tell you if he really was or not. And you kind of get that at the yeah. end of it. And he has like visions and stuff That's in the third Mass game. Mass Effect 3. We don't talk about the ending of Mass Effect. I'm getting goosebumps. Mass I need Effect to get back into Mass Effect. Effect. I... The, Mass Effect 2 is the best of the three games and it's not even close. Um, like gameplay wise, Mass Effect 3 has a little bit of an edge, but Mass Effect 2 is best in terms of story, in terms of progression. It's it's just wonderful. The suicide mission at the end. Oh, we don't talk about Andronima though. No. What is that? Exactly. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I, I made it up right Magi now. Magi <laughs> recently started to get back into that, but just just one more thing about Mass Effect so we can move on. The first game is really fun when you like can use the Mako and run around on planets and roam and stuff. Do you remember that? That is the that is the objectively the worst part of the game. I, I just think it's cool because of like space exploration. <laughs> That's fair aspect of it. But I, oh, when you're trying to hundred percent the game, it's oh, it's so exhausting. I've I've spent so many hours just driving around random freaking planets in the Mako. Yeah, I bet. And then and then oh my gosh, if you don't have the legendary edition, which is the one that came out I think last year, maybe two years ago, 
if you don't have the legendary edition, it doesn't auto save as frequently as it should. So you can get like seven different key points and locations, get the resources, you're completing side quests, and then you die one time and it all goes away because you're so used to auto save. Jeez. Yeah. And then you got to replay yeah. the entirety of the world that is an uncharted world that has nothing to do with the main plot, by the way. And I just got to spend another 30 minutes in the Mako. So Jeez. I do not agree with you, Joey, there. Fair it's enough. That's fine. So... <laughs> to each their own. Space Man Joey thing to say. Everything yes. space. Everything space. Hey, talking about space and planets and all this, let's talk about one of the biggest open world games possibly of all time, No Man's Sky. Sky. Okay. I just want to hear your guys' thoughts because I know that when it released, it was a pretty unpopular game and it Awful. flopped. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I've heard it got a lot better. It has. I, I played about, and this is all I've played, I played about two or three hours on it about a year ago. Same. And it was a very well put together game i just didn't have anyone to play with yeah so it's like okay i can only build so much in a two or three hour span i'm like okay cool i'm gonna hop in my ship i'm gonna take off and i i explored space for a little bit and i was like that's enough of this game for right now like it was mm. solid it was good i just didn't have anyone to play with so i was like there's nothing that's motivating me to stay on do you think a downfall of the game is because of how big it is you think that's? I think the downfall of the game is the downfall of most games that are releasing right now, and that's that it came out a quarter of a game. It came mm. out not finished. Everybody yeah. bought it, got hyped about it, and then it wasn't a finished game, so nobody played it. And so yeah. now that it is done and it is a really good game, you have those people that came back and were hyped about it and came back and played it. But that magic of the brand new release of a game is gone. I agree. So with like that. it's fu- it's a complete game. It's a fantastic game. It's yeah. just you can't. It's hard to play now. It's like the uh, the PC port of Batman Arkham Knight. When that came out, mm-hmm. it was broken. It was so broken. And Lots of ports are doing that. Yeah. It's, now it's fine. It's great now. But when it came out, it spoiled everyone's idea of the game because, you know, first impressions make a difference. Mm. And that's why I love Mass Effect 2 as much as I do is because as soon as you load into the game, it's like... I just get to come back from the dead. Like, this is what's happening. Spoiler yeah. Alert yeah. For the first 10 minutes of Mass Effect 2, if you didn't, didn't know that already. but Yeah, for, for No Man's Sky, I think something that really sticks out to me is, number one, procedural generation of planets. Yes. And yeah. the sheer amount of them. They mentioned that there was 14 quintillion planets. And I don't really know if I can confirm that, but that's what they've said throughout that's the whole true. game. Yeah. So each planet has a quote-unquote unique species, but they're all... Like, if you see a T-Rex, they're all, they're all variations of a yeah. T-Rex. Yeah. Different colors, right. maybe a wing on it, so it's all the same. Like, right. The you, point of the game is to explore. Yeah. And it kind of gets boring after some time, in my That's opinion. That's fair. Yeah. But one, one more thing it... before I before we move on. Um, the pro It forces you to do the prologue before you can do anything else. Mm-hmm. So you have to spend a few hours just playing the prologue, and that killed me right there. I was done. Mm. Yeah. Say, I remember when it first came out, too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you first came out, you couldn't even leave the original planet. Like, space travel didn't really work whatsoever, and you could not bounce between planets. You were just kind of dropped on the planet, and then you were stuck there. Nothing really... At that point, I'll just go play Subnautica. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's... Oh, man. That's a good mention, too. That's a great open world. I love that game. Yeah, I played... uh, We can cruise into that. Yeah. I would say, Josh, you've played Subnautica. I've played both of them. What is it? Below zero. Below zero. Yeah, I played both yeah. of them. The first one is definitely much bigger than the second game. I think they just wanted to push out a second game to have a second game, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's all right. It's it's good, but it doesn't come close to the first game. The first yeah. game is like you just get dropped on this 
wasteland of a ocean planet and you just have to survive and I'm not scared of oceans, but once you get in there, it's it's like it turns into a horror game, low-key. I have goosebumps again. It is honestly so good. The exploration, crafting system, it makes you feel like you're immersed into this world, and it's massive, and it really does open-world games justice, and I love that. I think, Luke, you played it a little bit. I've played not much. three hours worth of it. I haven't got through anything significant. I yeah. just tested the gameplay out pretty much. It's fun. I like the way it plays. It's very smooth. Um I don't have much to say past that. Yeah, we'll probably do an episode on it eventually in the future, yeah. but I, I, I am glad we touched upon that because that is a great open world yeah, game. Once I've, once I've caught up on the backlog of games that I currently have built for myself. I agree. And it's going to get even bigger with the Steam Summer Sale. Jeez. <sighs> Dan, have you played Subnautica? Uh, I've watched the entire thing all the way through, but I haven't played it myself because I don't want to spend the money. That's so you watch a Let's Play on it? Yes. VR uh, terrifies Ooh. me. Oh, I forgot that is yeah. VR. VR. Yeah terrifies me because i am one of those people that's like don't throw me on a cruise ship so you throw me in open ocean like yeah, it's game screw over that. see you later man that. yeah that's oh geez that's weird yeah i, I, I played about fantastic uh, game though. Go ahead, it's so good i don't know what are you guys' thoughts on like swimming mechanics and, and being underwater in non like subnautica games like i can think of uh in assassin's creed 4 to go back to it for a second you have the diving bell and you can go explore shipwrecks. That's one of my favorite things in the whole game. That's just so cool to me. Because you're like, okay, I gotta strategically go from point A to point B. I gotta collect all the chests. I have to avoid the sharks. If I don't avoid the sharks, I am dead. Yeah. That is it. There's no questions about it. Yeah, I would say Stranded Deep has the most realistic swimming system. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a couple. One of them that comes up is Sea of Thieves, but it's kind of an arcadey version yeah, of swimming. Yeah. So you can kind of do wonky things with your sword when you thrust. You can go. You, you thrust your sword like this, and when you go forward off the side of a boat, you go, pew, and you go through the ocean. Jeez. I think it's really hard to do swimming mechanics in a first-person game mm-hmm. because it just looks like you're bouncing up and down, and then you're kind of like bobbing. Third-person, it is a lot more easier to do because you have more animations mm-hmm. to work with. Um, I think it is a little tough to do because water mechanics in general are just tough mm-hmm. to yeah, nail. Yeah, it's it's either, it either looks like a piece of crap or it looks <laughs> majestical. There's no in between. Yes. Which game? What? What? Fortnite. Oh, honestly, though, yeah. When I'm swimming through the waters of Fortnite and just bobbing up and down like a dolphin, it's it's so so good. That's how I swim in real life. Like it's it's as realistic as you can get. Teach me your ways. I'm thinking of like Dan, like like shooting up out of the river and just going like. Like a, like a dolphin. <laughs> like a dolphin. It's like well, the uh, Adam Warlock. It's all in the legs. Oh, the flying. <laughs> all flying. legs and core. Well, all so we don't stray away from the open world too much. Let's talk about what makes a good open world. Yep. How would you establish what makes it good and what makes it bad? Well, everyone knows I am a man of progression. Mm-hmm. So I, I like it. My definition of a like an open world game would be, I, I have it quoted here in my Go notes, is you walk out the door and you say, wow, this is going to be crazy. <laughs> you know, because you, you, it, I feel like in every open world game, or at least a majority of them, you start in a small room and it closes you off to the outside world. Yeah. And a big portion of it, like right after when you get out of the prologue, you open up the doors and you see a beautiful world in front of you and things that you're like, wow, I want to go over here. I wonder what that is. I want to see that. Oh, there's an enemy roaming in a patrol in front of me. What do I do? Well, I have to go out and do something. Yeah. So it, they kind of push you out and say, go have fun, you know? Yeah. For me, the mark of a good open world game is when I'm spending time somewhere and I notice something that's not in the game that I want to go explore. It's like, I wish there was more to do on this, this specific planet, this specific city. And to keep with my theme of Mass Effect, 
that is the Citadel. Every time I'm on the Citadel in any of the three Mass Effect games, I'm like, okay, I wish more of this was open so that I could explore more, because it's just so fascinating. Yeah, true. Dan? I completely agree with that. Give me a mix of both. I agree with Joey, though. Give me some sort of progression. Mm-hmm. Give me something to work towards. Don't give me, like, Red Dead, where you, if I die on my horse when I'm exploring, I'm just trapped where I am and I have nowhere else to go unless I want to spend an hour traversing backwards. Like That's fair, yeah. Give me a consistent, like, okay, I go here, I have something I can do. Go, let me go in here. Oh, there's treasure in here. And, like, make it interesting. Make mm-hmm. it so that it's not just a continuation of reskinning, like, okay, I'm fighting goblins in here so I can go up on the hill and fight goblins here and then go down the hill and fight goblins here. Yeah. Like, give me something that a little bit different. Give me a sense of progression and make it fun. Yeah, that's... Uh, Josh, I'll let you go first. I'm, I'm going to go off of that again. Uh, progression, I think, is massive. Mm-hmm. I, I need to feel like I'm accomplishing something and getting towards something, like a goal. Um, I know for... I'll use Breath of the Wild as an example. Go for it. Right when you get out, right out of the door... Your objective is destroy Ganon. It's not go other places. You could go straight to Ganon or you could go and like find other things to help you accomplish that goal easier. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't tell you like go to these temples and do this. It tells you destroy Ganon. If you die, oh well, figure it out, get better, get good gear, go at it again. And I think that is a big part of it. Um... I think another aspect kind of this kind of goes into what makes it bad is having a really good narrative. And this is the reason why is because when you have a good narrative, you're playing the game for the narrative. Mm-hmm. You're not playing yeah. it for the world and trying to explore the world. There's a good kind of mix in between. Like you can have a good narrative and also have a good open world, but if I'm attached to these characters, I'm not exploring the world to get good gear Mm -hmm. because i want to i feel like i have to to do it for the narrative yeah and i feel like that kind of plays a a big downfall on some of the good open world games but you can throw as much into the world as you want but it can still feel empty if there's nothing to work for yeah there's no story behind it if there's nothing like you feel that attachment towards the character you're playing yeah a really good example of that in a game that i've spent a lot of hours is in is batman arkham knight um, when you look at the different games uh you have arkham asylum arkham city arkham origins and then arkham knight the only one i haven't played is origins but the only one with the batmobile is arkham knight now the batmobile is really cool it's awesome to use it's really fun but the problem is they have side objectives that require you to use the batmobile and it's just you have to, you know, there's mines scattered across the city. You have to deactivate each mine. There's like 24 mines. Mm. You have to do the same thing 24 times. So mm. it's, you have that, and then you have to do chase sequences. And it's it gets really frustrating mm. when you're doing the same exact thing. Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And it gets a little bit harder each time. It's mm-hmm. the repetitive nature of it. Yes. That's kind of what I was going to say with Horizon Zero Dawn is because it's more linear but then in the open world it's like the same reskins of the same robot dinosaurs and i don't want to keep fighting that over and over there's no point to it anyways so i think to piggyback off you a little bit as a narrative i think what makes it critical is to have npcs with a lot of depth Mm -hmm. for example in all bethesda games for the most part you run up to an npc they might be happy sad you can change their emotions they give you a side quest they help you progress the game 
But so you know you're you're working on your route to a main quest, mm-hmm. and then you get distracted by a little boy that runs up to you and says, "Help! Help! Help! I'm getting attacked!" And there's a guy chasing him, and then you end up getting on a side quest because you feel for the little kid. Yeah. yeah. And you help him out, and it's like, well, do I want to help him? Do I want to take his loot? Do I want to? Wait at night time to steal that's his fair. blaster pistol and stuff. You that's know? fair. Like, we must save yeah. my family. Yeah. One thing um, with Elden Ring is that it's like your goal is to become Elden Lord. And there's not really a story behind that. You go out and find the story between like lore. Every weapon has like a certain lore and you can just go on it. And I don't even care for the story, but I'm just trying to like see all these different things. There's like a dangling body that has a huge backstory that you can just go on a huge mm-hmm. massive side quest on and it's not even the mm-hmm. main thing but if you yeah. find it it's like whoa this is awesome yeah. and then you go on youtube and you find the lore and there's more into it because yeah. you want to go and explore I, the world i like the those hidden gems you yeah can find. they're fun it's, it's kind of cool it reminds me i keep uh, mentioning I fallout really like, but uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Th- there's you can find little notes all over and I, I remember this i'll say one more thing you can find yeah. like a note somewhere i think it's in fallout 76 and i remember finding it with you and it's in the Nuka-Cola plant factory. You, you can find a note, and it says the some guy, they have a group of people that are testing a new product, Nuka-Cola yeah. Quantum. And when you read the note, it says, oh, this is pretty good. And there's a guy documenting how it tastes. And he's like, yeah, it's oh. really good. I'm really caffeinated. I'm really jittery. Why does it feel like I need to scratch my teeth out of my body? Oh, yeah. I do remember <laughs> so that. The, the, and you realize later that what they do is they put a type of nuclear waste in there that helps people want it more basically so oh, i forgot cool. about that yeah 76 does a good job with the lore i will yeah. give it that but fallout always has done well with that lore in general is just always fantastic it is sorry really to keep mentioning fallout but it's really cool it's a great <laughs> open world it's a good example genre. of a world game you have fallout and elden ring i have mass effect we all have that's our true people. It's that's okay. true yeah well but, okay so we have what makes a good open world experience i want to touch on one more aspect of this real quick yeah. and that is something that is in pretty much every open world game that is fast travel. Mm. What makes a good fast travel system? What is your favorite example of fast travel? And what is your least favorite fast travel system? Hmm. Well, you know what I'm going to say, so I'll start it off. Fallout, you have to discover the location first before you can fast travel there. Yeah. For free, I think, free I think most games do that pretty well, the fast traveling. Yeah. I would say Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom does it really well um, because you have the area and you have to unlock the shrines and then you can fast travel to them. Uh, Elden Ring does it really well. You have to find the site of grace. Yeah. Um, and then you can fast travel. I, I I don't know. Do you have any bad examples for um Fallout 76? You have to pay to be able to fast travel. Oh, really? You have to what? pay bottle caps. I was going to say, that's the one I was going to say. So you have to have a decent amount of economy to move around. And the, the oh. downside of that is if you walk to location, the world is kind of empty in that Fallout. So it's kind of boring. And you get kind of burnt out from walking around. Horizon Zero Dawn does have a cost, too, for fast traveling. That's another reason why I don't like it. But, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? I think in terms yeah. of fast travel, it depends on the size. Mm-hmm. So if the if the world is huge, obviously fast travel is a necessity. Mm-hmm. Unless you're only spending, you know, five or ten minutes in this, or a certain sequence of events in one zone, then you move to the zone and the last zone doesn't, zone doesn't matter. If that's the case, then you don't really need fast travel if they're like these segmented maps. Like a good example of that is Sly Cooper. Mm-hmm. They have hub worlds. Each world, you know, is only so big and all the missions are contained within that world. Once you do that, you move on to the next one. Sly is not an open world game, but the hub worlds inside each of the levels is open. That's fair. Yeah. Dan, your thoughts? Uh, loading screens make me want to say Destiny 2 is the one of the worst. 
when it comes to just traveling because you it just takes so long. Mm-hmm. You get thrown into yeah. a loading screen and then you're there for five minutes. That's, uh, it just uh, really depends. It's it's such a long time. Honestly, I've never even considered Destiny as an open world, but I guess... Well, I I was thinking the same thing. It's in between, but it's one of those ones that we're talking fast. Yeah. So I'm going to say, like, that was the first thing to pop in my head. Uh, It it definitely has aspects of open world. Yes, very much so. It really depends on how much you want to traverse the area. So, Mm -hmm. like, for me, again, I'll go back to Pokemon. You can just hit fly and go fast travel anywhere at any point without a problem whatsoever that's a good system for pokemon yeah for pokemon it's fantastic but if you want to be able to like traverse your way to like a teleporter to be able to fast or a train to be able to fast travel to the next area or wherever you want to go on the map that works it just depends on the person Mm. truthfully yeah i think the less warp points you have the more it forces you to complete the section before you move on yes so i the one of my favorite transit systems comes in ocarina of time you learn you learn the Bolero of Fire, and then you can go back to the Fire Temple. But you only learn the Bolero of Fire right before you go to the Fire Temple. Right. So it encourages you to learn each phase of the game as you're there. And then if you really want to go back something later, you have access to it. But you, there's no longer really a need for it, you know? That's and true. I also love the input method of the Ocarina. It's just wonderful to like play a song and that's how you warp. Because that adds another level of like, I don't even have to open the pause menu. I know yeah. what this song is. It's I good know feedback. what the inputs are. I have it memorized. And I think that cultivates a more positive mindset towards it because it feels like you're working for it. Yeah, that's actually, the ocarina really does bring a cool aspect yeah. into it because you don't use it that much, but when you do, it feels rewarding because you unlocked it and it's like a part of your progression and i think that's really cool one of my favorite games of all time um and a great open world game is dying light and it has almost no like fast travel it has fast travel but it's very limited and i'm almost never using the fast travel because of how fun it is to do the parkour in the game so it kind of is like i don't even i I don't want to fast travel so there's no point for that feature it's nice to have but i'm like it's just so much fun. That's when that's when the gameplay really shines is mm-hmm. when yes. you don't need to fast travel. And it's a pretty big world. It's it it's, it's not small. Large. There's two different sections of the map and it's massive. Do you find yourself enjoying Dying Light's like parkour gameplay less once you get the grappling hook? Um for the first one, actually no. The first game is very fun using the grappling hook. I it's a little overpowered, for, like not even little. It's it, it's, it's overpowered. Very, it's overpowered. very overpowered. But in the second game, it's so little breakdown for the first Dying Light game. The grappling hook is more like your Spider-Man. It's like you're shooting the grappling hook yeah. and you just fly straight to it. In Dying Light 2, you use the grappling hook, but there's, like, physics to it, so you're, like, swinging Swing. with oh. the grappling hook. Okay, and that's, that's right. actually a lot more fun mm-hmm. yeah. because it incorporates, like, a new kind of physical mechanic to the parkour system. Yeah. Yeah. And it really goes it goes well together. Mm-hmm. So, so well. So I want to mention something. You mentioned that you like the richness of being able to travel and traverse because the yeah. world is so rich and you can do a lot of stuff. I think one major reason for that is your rewards you can get, like, XP, for example. Yeah, so yeah. I want to go on. What's your what's your favorite type of leveling system for open world games? Ooh, for uh, me, I like I like XP and, and infinite levels. Yeah. So every level you get, you get a, maybe like a little perk point or something, and then there, but there's mm-hmm. an infinite amount of levels that you can get, yeah, or I, or maybe capped to like one hundred or two hundred or three hundred. 
I think it needs to be vast because once you get to those upper levels, there's rightfully so, there's a, a reasonable gap of time between each level. Mm. And that forces you to really think about what upgrades you make. If you, you know, get a new level every 10, 15 minutes in a game just because it's a hack and slash and you mm -hmm. can just get every ability in the game, it's like there's no, there's no reward, there's no good dopamine hit or feeling because you get that, you know, upgrade. Versus, yeah. like, if I play, you know, the what little of Skyrim that I have played, when I upgrade something and I have the ability to, like, lose less lockpicks because they break less often, I'm like, this is amazing, I need more abilities like this. No, 100%. 100% exactly what you said. There's not really anything else I can add to that. I, um, I have two systems. First, since we, I was just talking about Dying Light. Dying Light's like, if you use the parkour system, every movement you do gives you a little bit of XP. So every time you're moving, you're getting XP. So it kind of encourage you, cur encourages you to use the parkour system. Yes. Um, and also, anytime you are in combat, you get XP points. Um, so it kind of levels off. But I think a great one that does it well is any From Software game is Dark Souls and Elden Ring. Yeah. Once you beat an enemy, you get a certain amount of runes that you can level up, and it feels it, it feels great because you spend maybe two hours trying to beat a boss, and you're like, oh, I finally did it. Now I get to level up, yeah. and I get to use a new Makes weapon sense. now because of that. Yeah, it feels and it, good. It, it feels good. It feels, it, yeah, it feels good. And yeah. that's what I like about that. They do feel like they've mastered it. They yeah. They do feel like they've mastered that system entirely. Yeah, I do it's... think that it does, you do need to have some sort of, like, a level cap. Like, I don't want it to be a consistent, like, make yourself, like, completely overpowered. But then in the same breath, I don't want to, like progress past the things that i get as well like give me the ability yeah. to upgrade like the weapons i get like if i get a weapon in the first uh first 10 minutes of the game and i'm like man this feels really good i want to continue to use this weapon allow me to like level that weapon up to progress with it as well rather than like okay i have to drop this weapon to pick up this other weapon to use in the meantime until i find another weapon that right. i really enjoy it good until at least mid game yeah. so then so, do you like durability i i cannot stand it when i get a weapon and i'm like i really like this weapon and it's obsolete two levels oh that's true yeah that is, yes. the, that's so frustrating that is it's like i am yeah. now used to this weapon and now i can't use it anymore mm -hmm. and that's i go through the crafting system, which is the next point I get want to get into. What are your guys' thoughts on crafting systems in open world games? Do you think it should be you pick up the item and that's it, and that's the strength, or should you be able to craft, make modifications like Dying Light? I think you should be able to have the base weapon and make modifications. Um, what I was going to say with dur durability, which actually helps with this point, is I'm, I'm not a fan of durability unless there is a repair mechanic. I yes, think yeah. a repair oh, mechanic sorry. is vital because kind of like breath of the wild tears of the kingdom you have a weapon it breaks that's over you just explore yeah. that whole area and now it's gone you can't use it anymore yeah. elden ring is good because you get a weapon and it doesn't break but you can level it up as you progress mm -hmm. with different somber stones and different smithing stones um so yeah I, I definitely think there needs to be some sort of modification system with yeah. it but definitely if you have durability have a repair system mm. joey yeah Lots. i agree i agree with that um I was gonna say Fallout again. I don't. There was a game I played recently, and I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. But it, I want to say Will to Live, but it's not Will to Live. Oh man! But anyway, it has. There's a mod I have for it, and it's like a super, super, super in-depth system okay. for weapon modifications yeah. for guns. You're talking, if it's dirty, it won't even operate. You have to, like, hone your gun like wow. it is a sword. Like for every after every battle you have, you need to lubricate your weapon every uh -huh. single time. 
kind of like that, but not not like that. But that's that's kind of what it's like. This yeah, game, like yeah. This game was actually inspired by Tarkov. Oh, but I okay. agree with you for the durability system, Josh. If mm -hmm. you're able to repair it, that's great. But after a certain amount of condition, it should not be as effective. Yeah, I'd yeah. Say after seventy five percent. It's bad, but if it's between 75 and 100%, your weapon's good to go. There should be a limit to how much you can repair as well, I should say. That, that. That's right. fair, yes. Because yeah. I know in Dying Light, you can repair a tool three times. It depends on the weapon. Sometimes it's two, three, four. It depends yeah. on the rarity and a whole different aspect to it. I think the best uh, durability and like weapon upgrade system... I, and this might seem basic, but Minecraft. I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah. I was going to say that. Wow. He said yeah. crafting, I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you got to go to the main crafting game. Because, you know, you have the levels, and it's like, at some point, some insane man probably put sharpness four on a wooden sword. <laughs> you yeah. can do that. It's Joe me. I've, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah. But, like, you know, some people would argue, like, there's no point on putting in an enchantment on anything lower than diamond. Other people would argue against that. I say iron, you're fine. Anything above that. But Something with Minecraft, though, is that you get to a point where it will never break. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know true. if that's really like a... It's it's a great system. It's a grind. And it's a like, grind to get there. In Endgame, it's kind of not great because it'll just be consistent without throughout the whole game. Early yeah. game, it's great. Yeah, for sure. So I think we have, I have a couple more things I want to talk about. How do open world games cultivate a larger perspective on gaming for you guys? Like you play other games, like linear story progression games. Like I'm playing Heavy Rain right now. I've played Detroit Become Human a couple times. Completely linear. It's on railroad tracks and you just, you got to go one way um, in terms of like gameplay. Completely open world games are the opposite. So yeah. how does that add to your enjoyment of linear games? Go ahead, Dan. Uh, it's hard to compare. It really just turns into what you're feeling because then you can throw competitive games into that too. Yeah. It really is just kind of like, do I feel like trying to beat other players at a game that I've been grinding for the, my entire life? Do I want to sit there and listen to a story, uh, listen to the story, pay attention to what's going around going on in my surroundings or do i want to just go out there and do i want to explore it explore the world mm -hmm. it really just turns into what you're feeling i don't know if it really affects for me at least my feelings on playing other games in different genres like that just because they are so different that it just turns into how do i feel okay yeah um i feel like open world games always tug back me like you play Fallout for a little bit, and then you go and you play, you know, CSGO or COD or Warzone, yeah. whatever, et cetera. Yeah. But there's something that always draws me back mm -hmm. to an open world yeah. game. I, th I think about Elden Ring a lot. I think about Fallout a lot. I'm really excited for Starfield. Like, they just really pull at my heartstring. Like, mm -hmm. that is my genre. What's your comfort game? My comfort comfort yeah. game? The one you can always go back to. Probably Rocket League. Yeah? yeah wow. That is not my comfort. Like, that's not, not my comfort, comfort game, game, but I know I'll play it at any time. Like I'm okay with it. That's, that's fair. That's mine. Josh, what do you what do you think Josh. about what Luke said? Minecraft. Minecraft's your comfort game? Yeah, if I'm like, man, I, I'm just not feeling good today. I feel like every game sucks. Minecraft. I mean you can go back to it and you can just enjoy it, have a good time, just be relaxed and that's true. it's fun. I have two. Uh, my two comfort games are both from the PlayStation 2 GameCube generation. And any guesses as to what they are? Sonic, Sonic. Adventure 2. Sonic Adventure 2. Sly Cooper 2. Sly Cooper and the Thievius yeah. Recognition. 
Mm. Those are my two comfort games. Thievius Raccoonus, like the first one? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Because uh, I can go back. I, that or Sly 2, either yeah, or. Yeah, one of them. Sly 3 and 4, eh. not so much. But 1 and 2, either were interchangeable. I'm fine with both. I love them. 2 That's is cool. incredible. I'd two say is so I'd probably good. have 2 mm. as well. I'd have to say Rocket, so League, Rocket League and Smash. Yeah. Smash Bros, just because it is one of those games that you can just sit there and like play with buddies in a room and just hang out. Yeah, I don't I, know. Those would be my two comfort games. Sit back and just enjoy it. That was that was my comfort game uh, for about two years, and then I got to college, and I had friends that were way better than I was at the time. <laughs> and to say the least, I, I every time I would go to play, I would just feel the gap widening, and I'm like, I'm good. I, I can stop playing yeah. this competitively. We're okay. So, I kind of want to ask: Do you think we're being in gaming overall, because I know open world games have been very, very popular within the industry. Yeah. Do you think we're getting too many and we're starting to not enjoy them as much? Or do you think people want more linear games, open world games, multiplayer games? What do you guys think is kind of like the the main game that developers want to make and players want? Yeah, what do you think, Dan? I'd say it's becoming saturated. I think that now that you see these open world games coming out and gaining that popularity... Everybody feels like they need to make an open world game and they need to do it better than the last person. I think the market itself is just becoming very saturated. Mm -hmm. I think that it takes away from things like platformers, things like oh, storyline games. I mean, yeah. Yeah. outside of like God of War is the only thing that I can really think of off the top of my head that wouldn't be open world linear and like still hold that story that people got hyped over outside that wasn't open world. Yeah, I, I agree with that. God of War, do you, so you don't consider it uh, open world? No. I don't consider it either, but I do think there's an aspect to it. Yeah. Like they kind of were trying to push it in that direction, but it didn't like work you very can't. well. It, yeah. You almost can't because it is a very story-based game. Like you can't just like force a game that you're, you want to feel yourself with the player and the character you want to get yourself involved with everything that's going on it's hard to just throw you and throw them into an open world and say go yeah like that yeah mm, yeah i mean open worlds story games i my preference depends on the day mm -hmm. so it's a what, what terms of what do i want to see what do i think everyone else wants to see well cod and first person shooters are never going to go away yeah. Open world yeah. games are never going to go away. I think they all have their own markets, and I think they all interconnect with their markets because I think, you know, you have you have pretty much a wheel, and you spin the wheel every time you boot up your PC, your console, your Switch, your handheld, whatever you play on. No matter what you play on, you spin that wheel every time, and it's, what game am I going to play today? And maybe you have multiple wheels. Maybe you have, this is the genre. From the genre, I want to pick a subgenre, and then I want to pick a specific game. Some people, it might just be a, a wheel of 10 games that they spin. And they're like, that's the game it landed on. Let's mm -hmm. do it. Why not? We'll play yeah. Rocket League today. Just depends on day. Yeah, I, I agree with you with the genre and subgenre. But I also agree with you, Dan. I feel like there is a highly saturated market for open world games. But then there's the subgenre of, okay, what type of open world game do I play? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do I want to play... That's also huge. Do I want to play a Souls-like? Do I want to play a story-based one? Do I want to play an open world MMO? It's like you can kind of pick down and choose, but it's like... You know, you have the the story driven ones that are MMOs. You have Lost Ark, New World, Diablo that just came out, so you can play those. Those I kind of stay away from a little bit because it kind of the, the leveling system gets a little goofy because they force you to play the story and then you can start the game. Mm -hmm. So there's like 50 hours of content you have to beat. Well, 30, maybe 20. You have to beat that first before the real game starts. I see. See if that's the case though. Is that really an open world? 
Yes. Because you don't yeah. get the open world till after you've beaten the story. You no, it's unlocked. No, it's on. Yeah. You have to progress. You, like for those kind of games, you can't just go out because you'll just get destroyed by enemies. So kind, okay. you have to go through a certain path mm -hmm. from the beginning to be That's able true. to level up. I mean, it's like okay, go off and explore as you want, but if you walk over here, you're gonna die immediately. It's your own. Uh, Elder Ring. Elder Ring. Yeah. It sounds like my experience with Fallout Four. Uh, I wanted to explore way too early, and I can't remember where I went, but I went somewhere, and I'm like level five. And yeah. have no upgrades, and I walk into this this place, and I'm like, "Am I looking at a forty on those guys' level? <laughs> Is that what I'm looking at? I think that's what I'm seeing." I think one thing I forgot to mention, Luke kind of brought it up pretty well, hey. is that I don't think the open world it it can't be one level overall. There has to be different like sections yeah. of the world yeah. that has a different like difficulty kind of thing. Yeah, kinda. Mm -hmm. Like Breath of the Wild kind of has it, it kind of has a level scaling, it but does. it's between its enemies, not the world itself. Elden Ring has like Limgrave, and then it has Kaled, and then it has all the upper stuff. It's and by the region. yeah, it's by the yeah. region, and it's you can definitely tell there's a difficulty mm -hmm. scale within that, and I think mm -hmm. that's important as well, yeah. so yeah. that you can strive towards a progression within your character. What itself. do you guys think about difficulty sliders? Hmm. I, for single player open world single player I'm like I'll, I'll do two examples one there is uh, I'm trying to think of what game it was it might have been Sunset Overdrive but it just makes the enemies bullet sponges that's all it does and then Jedi Fallen Order you play that the difficulty going up means you have less time to accurately do parries you have to be quicker on the draw when it comes to you know your timing for your attacks and your defending that is a way better system, in my opinion. I don't like just having enemies be bullet sponges. Mm -hmm. Some people might like that because they like hack and slash games, though. So I don't know. That true. There's so many open world games. You man, yeah. I don't like when enemies are bullet bullet sponges. That's kind of why I got away from Destiny, and also I didn't really get heavy into Borderlands. Oh, I yeah, Borderlands. I, you guys bad. mentioned earlier, you know. Tried. I you know, for so long to play more. Borderlands is fun only in a multiplayer setting. Yes, to me. Mm -hmm. you can't yeah. solo Borderlands. Can't do it. Can't do it. I just don't like how if you get a weapon and you like using it, like you said earlier, you kind of have to throw it away for something that has a higher level until yeah. you get yep. to like end yep. game content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What what game are you kind of talking about for Border that? Borderlands. Just Borderlands. Okay. Yes. Well, for Destiny, it's very different. Yes. Well, you can I use know, almost any weapon you want. True, yeah, but you like then it. you can just upgrade it to that level. Yeah. And pay yeah. You get it upgraded, but. That's, yeah, Interesting. That, that's what I was thinking. Too. It's a little different from when you were playing it. They've overhauled a lot of the weapon systems. Mm -hmm. It's very different. That's but, good, then. Um, it works really well. That's also because they have to do so much level scaling and updates yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Like, you're forced to. That's a, that's a big game with a lot of weapons. Yes. That Whereas Borderlands, it really is just like, okay, once you're done, you're done. So it's, you get a weapon, and it doesn't work yeah. anymore, and you got to get rid of it and get a different one. Yeah, that's so, true. Have you guys played any open world survival games? I'll kind of start with Minecraft because that's yeah. like that's the bottom yeah. of the pyramid when oh, it comes yeah. to open world okay. survival. I mean, we were talking about Subnautica. True, Subnautica. That's, uh, that's a open world survival game. Green Hell, The Forest. For those people that know about Haven't, Scum, there's Scum. Yeah. Uh, Dead Side. There's a new one coming out that's been in uh, development hell for like 93 years. Dead oh, Side or something? No, something no, no, like no. That. I know what you're talking about. The day before. Yeah, the yeah. zombie game. Yes. That, it's kind of like the division. Well. Yeah, Daisy and Rust, yeah. Is it oh kind of like the division? Gosh, don't yeah, even mention Rust. Rust. I can't right really now. think of it. I'm sorry, I don't remember what it's called either. I think it's the day before. Is what I you're think you're right. to talk about. It's been in development hell forever. You said Minecraft, though. Yeah. Do you consider Minecraft an open world game? It's yeah. about as open as you. Can I would get, say man. so. 
open, but is it really an open world because there's no real objective? I would say the objective is to do whatever you want. It's I, it's like a sandbox. I think it's a sandbox. I mean, there, it's definitely like, quote unquote, open world. <laughs> but I don't know if I'd consider it open world. I consider it a survival sandbox. That's that's fair. It's there are there are some, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, open it, world. it's it's not. It's, like we were saying on Discord yesterday, Luke. I think yesterday you said I can't really see a sandbox as an open world. Yeah. But as we go through and we talk about everything that comes with a open world game, you have the like progression slider of like, okay, do I want to make it very easy? Do I want to yeah. make this very hard? And, mm-hmm. like, you can upgrade your weapons to, like, get stronger and be better weapons. Netherite uh, hose, yes. Exactly. You can oh, gosh. go off and do your own thing. Yeah. And it goes to, like, how much progression do we want? Do we want the progression to be, okay, I found diamonds, I got a pick, diamond pickaxe to upgrade my iron pickaxe, or yeah. do we want it to... So, like, going all the way through, technically... It is, it open, is open world. world. Yeah. I, I yeah. It hurts me to say, because I agree a sandbox shouldn't be an open world game, but it follows all those guidelines to make it fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. The thing that sets it apart from other just sandbox games is, you know, it's got the in-game list of achievements. Yeah, that's true. And that that's some semblance of progression mm, that you yeah. can get. So it's like, yeah. you beat the Wither, you get an achievement. That's you fair. You beat the Ender Dragon, you get an achievement. You get an Elytra, achievement. Yeah. And some of those things are, those are things that only like 0.2% of players do. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be surprised how few people make it to the nether in survival. Uh, comparatively, like how many people play versus how many people make it to the nether. They're like yeah, side quests yeah. in a way. So yeah, yeah I, I way, mean, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, think I guess biggest, I would consider it open world. The biggest difference is a side quest. Yeah. That's, that's the thing with Minecraft. That's true. I'd say the, the one key difference between minecraft and everything else we've talked about it there's a tailored world versus an open world that's procedurally generated that's different every single time it's yeah. completely infinite and you can do whatever you want you probably won't see 99.9 percent of it anyway terraria that's fair true well t- uh, yeah that's that's a new world every time yeah yeah, every yeah. Time, yeah i don't so would you consider terraria an open world game no i put it on the same it's we're kind of going back to the definition yeah. now and having a debate i would not consider that open world no. I, I would not it's like consider a side scroller survival game. Yeah, I don't even know what you to, can like a platformer. This, I'd kind of consider it a platformer. platformer. It's like a mix of if it's if you made Minecraft a platform game. So it's like you can put it in the same breath as Minecraft, but it isn't Minecraft. It's two D Minecraft. Yeah. Oh, it, that one that one's a tough one. It's, I don't think I'd consider that open no, world. I don't think it's I a survival either. platformer game. Exactly. You can't look to your left and be like, I want to go all the way over there. I yeah. Can only go straight. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that is true. Yeah. Okay, I have one more big topic I want to talk about, and that is inventory management systems. Some games, like Breath of the Wild, you can be the dude from the math problem in your in your in your textbook that has nine thousand watermelons for That's no true. reason at all. Also, I just want to say this real quick. In Tears of the Kingdom, I was like very close to beating the game, and I found this area, and my frame rate my frame rate went down to like five frames. I was like, what the heck is going on right now? And I looked up and there was like a ton of trees and there were hundreds of apples and my frame rate dropped because of how many apples were around me. So I cut down all the trees and I had like 400 apples. It was insane. That might be why the frame rate is a little bit slower in that game. And that's also why Starfield is going to be a 30 FPS is because the amount of assets they have in the game. all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so 30 FPS is just for cause. But I'll answer the the inventory system. I think Fallout does it really well with 
the overcumbered system and you can level it up as you go mm -hmm. but also elden ring does that um like a weight system so yeah, you kind of yeah, have yeah. to figure out what you want to carry elden ring is you can carry whatever you want but whatever you put onto your character is what weighs you down Fallout, oh. Joey, do you want to talk about Fallout and sure, how it works? Yeah. It also is hand-in-hand -hand with the fast travel system. So yeah, let's okay. say you have 200 pounds. When you have 200 pounds of gear on you, you're overcumbered. You can't fast travel and you move really slow. <laughs> That's so a good feature. You have, you have your inventory on you all the time. The weight is always there. But you can drop things on the ground and then becomes an asset on the ground. Kind of like how Josh talked about all the apples on the tree. So you can leave an item in your home base and come back to it later if you want to and pick it up and use it again. Mm. so you can mm. leave things out in the world yeah. or you can leave things that's... on you you can put them in chests like yeah. i think fallout does the inventory really really well okay. yeah let's say that's like how death stranding does it where if you carry too much on your back like you're going to be waddling around you a lot slower you can't traverse hmm. as well like yeah tell me a little bit about that game i haven't played it or even yeah, seen yeah it. I, I heard played a lot of it but i watched a lot of it solely because of vincenzo and johnny they okay. loved yeah. that game johnny yeah. that's like johnny's favorite game so I watched a lot of it, and it really does. I mean, to me, it's walking simulator. That's I what can, I've heard a lot of complaints to about. Me, it's just like I could never walk and play it because it all all it is is you get your glorified mailman. You grab a bunch of stuff, you put it on your back. The heavier the stuff on your back is, the harder it is to traverse the area, mm. and you get you eventually get this little bit of a car or buggy that you can traverse the land a little bit with, but it's not very well done. I know what you mean. Yeah. It, there's the not premise? much combat. There's not much to it. It's like you're just de delivering things from point A to point B. And you oh. have a baby on your chest. Yeah, that so you're too. Like, you're like a courier, basically. That's yeah, like I've never played it. I've only seen gameplay, but they're also making a second one. I, know. I don't know if you. I don't know what they're gonna do with Radio that. Kojima is, I mean, he's crazy. How's I mean, the landscape? How are the visuals? It good. It's crazy. It's good. It's like, crazy. are the physics nice? The weather systems? Also, day night cycles? Like, what are we looking at? It here? is also a lot. Of, yes, to all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, to all of that. But wow. it's also a lot of storyline because I think what was it like thirty six hours of just like cutscenes? It's in insane. It's, it's insane hours. So it's an experience. Yes, it's an experience. But it is just like the gameplay itself is just feels like walking simulator that's neat wow. that's why wow. again i haven't played it i've only watched i haven't played play it either it, and i just know and i know that much about it but i like, would like to try it and also luke you said you have one more major point just so everyone knows we're just getting started <laughs> <laughs> looks like no, <laughs> no. i, I want to touch on this this isn't an open world game by any stretch but i think the best inventory management for me is one that makes me consciously decide what to keep in my inventory and what to throw out because I love the way The Last of Us does this. The Last of Us, everything's mm. so limited. This isn't really inventory management. It's more resource you know, placement within the world. You don't get a ton of ammo. The higher the difficulty gets, the more scarce items get. Mm -hmm. And the harder it is to complete objectives because you're so low on ammo all the time. Yeah. And that's, I think, it's a great system. The Last of Us gets it done very well as opposed to like a Breath of the Wild where you can have... Nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine arrows. True. And yay, great. Now they have a little bit of limitation on Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom because you know you can only have so many slots for shields, mm -hmm. yeah, or swords. But, but honestly, saying so that going into the inventory though, that kind of that brings up a good point for Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom is to expand your inventory. You have to find the Koroks, but also that leads into progression of the open world to make yeah. you want to search for them more. 
So I guess that is another incentive to be in the open world. We're going to try to figure this out. I'm going to piggyback on what Luke and Josh were saying here. Um, Luke mentioned if you have like 999 items, it's kind of like you play the game so much that the open world almost becomes a sandbox game. Yeah. Like, and I'm getting goosebumps again for the third time. Tears of the Kingdom almost is a sandbox game. We got the lights back on, everyone. Like, it is crazy. So, um... How do you, you guys want to move on to another topic, or are you guys good on the inventory yeah, system? Yeah, if you got one, go for it. Wait, so, no, sorry. Go ahead, you're fine. Oh, yeah, I keep going. To, I, I need to talk, we need to talk about Tarkov's in inventory. Okay. Oh. So, I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would consider an open world game, but for, for each I map, I would that. say it is kind of open world, mm -hmm. it's, it's a mission-based extraction game, kind of a, you, you get loot in the game and you bring yeah. it back out with you, very, very hardcore, and very hyper-realistic. Okay, so to the inventory system. When you go into a raid, you can find items that you can bring back to your hideout, whether it be weapons, food, stimulants, health items, etc. You bring it back with you, but as you get more stuff on your person in your raid, you become super, super heavy. You're slower, louder, and you're more of a target. Mm. So you need to kind of figure out what gear you want to bring with you, how light you want to go in as, how heavy and geared you want to go in as. Do you want to go in for loot, or do you want to go into... Uh, combat or pvp basically mm. so and there's some missions in between there and, and if you get certain missions completed you can get rewards from it so okay, cool. tarkov's pretty good with the inventory system you kind of have to pay play tetris when you get back to your base yeah. though yeah. kind of like uh daisy yeah. and uh i don't know if h i don't know h1z1 does it or anything like that but because well, everything really has to fit one. like geometrically into your bag right yeah yes. so you can rotate your weapons you can rotate everything that you get to kind of fit like if you have Everything is on a grid, so if you get something that's by, like, a 3x6, and you have to have it face, like, one way to be able to fit all of your, uh, what's something that's shaped like, and I'm thinking of a specific weapon, items like that will be hatchet, shaped like kinda. an L, like a hatchet or something like that, that you can kind of, like, snake something in there. It mm -hmm. is just Tetris. You play yeah. Tetris with your inventory. It's kind of like a mini game. as much as you can. They yeah. make the inventory system like a small mini game, but it's yeah. frustrating in the middle of a raid in Tarkov, and you're, like... In combat, you need to loot something, and you're trying to loot a body. Hurry up, and you start filling around. You get greedy, then you die. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of funny. Yeah, the new or er, the mini games. Yeah, go for it. What's our favorite mini game from an open world game that we've played? I think Sly Two does it pretty well with Bentley's hacking system. Hacking? That's an yeah. honorable mention. I don't know if it's my favorite, I, but that's immediately comes to my mind. That's not the that's not the type of mini game I was necessarily thinking about. What are you that's thinking about? A game function. It's like a gimmick level, I guess, is what I would label mm. it as. So I can't I, say picking locks in Skyrim. That's a good one. I would say that's more the come. Those are mini games. Those yeah. are mini like games. hacking and Fallout. Here, would that be like a mini game? Yeah. Those are mini games. Yeah. I'm thinking of like there's a there's a. Like, not chess, I think it's checkers. You can play an Assassin's Creed. Mm. And you can just bet money and play literal checkers. That's like, I don't consider that a mini game. I consider that an actual game inside the game because you can gamble and fall at New Vegas. I was going to say okay. Texas Hold'em and Red Dead 2. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I guess it is. I've heard people say that. Yeah. I guess it is. I would say it's a mini game because it's, you know, it's a small facet of the game that's not the main focus. Mm. It gives you no added value except maybe some monetary gain to your economy, mm -hmm. and that would be it. Um,. I would say in Dying Light 1, there's a secret area you can go into. It's like a pipe, and you play the first level of Mario from the very, like, original game. What? And then you get, like, a paraglider from it, from, like, the squirrel suit, pretty much. It's like an Easter egg, but it's like a little mini game that you can play. And that's there's, like, super small zombies that are, like, Goombas, 
and I you can know. step on them. It's really fun. Dying Light does it really well with Easter eggs. It's really fun. That's a good allusion to another game again. in one game. Yeah. That'd be a good episode to talk about that's illusions. So cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. You can cool. also go to the club in uh, GTA 5. Oh, that's, that's a mini a, game for that's sure. A, that's, that's a, a big, game. big <laughs> game. That's a big, that that's is. a big, big game. That is a big, that's big game. If yeah. you're under 18, don't go to the club in GTA 5. You shouldn't have it. You shouldn't have the game. You shouldn't even have the game. Parents, if your kids ask you to buy GTA do don't, don't, do don't do it. Just don't do it. it. <laughs> I still feel like I'm younger than 20. It's like, crazy ah, it's weird. Not to buy GTA 5 12 years later after it was released. Dude, yeah, that's true. I think it was the PS2 had three GTA games. Yeah. And GTA 5 had three consoles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is it's wild. It's like, crazy to me. It basically with the PS4, and here we are, like, oh, ported it to the PS3, put it on, uh, released with the PS4. No, it was on the 360 and PlayStation 3. Was it came out in 2013, oh, it because they, it was, like, right between when the new... Oh, my gen- God, you're right. It was, like, right in between. Oh, no! It released with Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Xbox One, PS4, and then Xbox Series X and S, oh, and PS5. Guys, that hurts. That's GTA crazy GTA to me. Imagine GTA 5 out. being on, like, the PlayStation 2 or something. Yeah. That's GTA insane to me. That's just San Andreas, but... That'd be cool if they could downgrade ports of... St- I've seen that... I saw something on the internet recently where somebody downgraded one of the Halo games to a Game Boy game. Yeah, I have seen stuff like it, that. It plays like a Pokemon. Yeah. You can upgrade, oh. you can downgrade it, but then you can also now upgrade the hardware in your Game Boys and stuff like that. So like, that's true. Uh, yeah. He has that little emulator that's a Game Boy Advance that's the size, like this, it's like four inches by two inches. Oh, and oh, that's really it's small. an emulator that you can play like Oh, like the uh, Wii U Mini kind of thing? You can play Persona on it. You can play... Wow. Like, oh, yeah, you ported, like, COD 1 onto it. Like, you can play, that's like, so COD cool. 1 where you can just, like, only... You can't use grenades, but you can, like, zoom in. Oh, like, that's crazy. This. That's like that's playing crazy. on the DS, like, yeah, COD yeah. on the DS. Yeah. That's a lot of insane. Consoles now. Black Ops on the DS. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my gosh. The worst zombies experience in the history. It's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> not good. It's so sad. Back to open worlds. Back to open worlds. Yes, back to open worlds. Yeah, what, what, what? Well, let me. Let's <laughs> you guys talk have any... about Starfield. Starfield. Starfield? I want to have a Yeah, let's talk Starfield. about some upcoming open world the, the games. Game that I That'd spent $600 on the brand new console PS5 just so I can only run it at 30 FPS. It's... You have a PC, you're fine. So here's the thing with Starfield it's aimed to be on console. That's like the main audience that they are pushing out for. No, in my opinion, there should be no game releasing in new gen that is less than 60 FPS. And I understand the complications that come with it and how many items there will be in a certain given point. But 30 FPS is a sin. It is terrible. How bad really is 30 FPS? It's pretty bad. If you have played like 60 FPS and 120 Uh. FPS plus... And then going back to 30 FPS, it is night and day. If it I is spent insane. $600 on a console, why am I playing a game exactly. at low quality? That's my okay. that's my thing. Fine. Either that or like, because that's how much those new consoles cost. So I'm paying $600 to, and then spending another $60 on a game to only be able to play it at like... 70 now. <sighs> that even, okay, that's even... Now, oh, man. Just so that I can play it at a lower quality as everybody else yeah. when it was meant to be played on a console. Like, if you're yeah, making it okay. for that genre, okay. like, 
or that class of people, then it should be able to run at the highest quality possible. I mean, the Switch is locked at 30 FPS, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But the Switch. The Switch has point, no you hardware. Just know to expect it. Basically. But also with that, is the Switch is more arcadey, and the graphics like kind of work with 30 FPS. It'll mm -hmm. your eyes will adjust in a way. All right. Nobody expected Doom to be able to go on the, on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's like, true. Like, games like that, like, nobody expected to do it. Like, that's not what the Switch was meant to be. Okay. So, yeah. like... Going back to Starfield, though, Joey, what are some yeah. of your points of it being an open-world game? Well, and... I want to play Devil's Advocate on the... We'll get the elephant out of the room, though. We'll continue for the 30 FPS. They, the way they described it in a lot of their updates from Bethesda is that the game is a story. They really want you to enjoy what you're doing it's it's a slower paced game it's not competitive it's a single player game you can take your time when you're looking at an npc the graphics are nice when you're looking at them Thank you. or her or they or whatever but then you the graphics are nice the whole time you don't have to worry about crazy things going on but then they showed us a clip of this person who this girl that was saying yeah one of my favorite ways to play the game is just to take a lot of stuff and hoard it together and she had a whole <laughs> pile of sandwiches and they were like this is why, because we have so many assets in this game. If we increase the FPS, we're gonna lose a lot of graphical. You're gonna you're gonna have yeah. to downscale yeah. the whole entire game, and it won't even feel right. I get it. But so, if it's only going to be single player, like you can kind of like, if you're only playing it in a single player aspect, I get that for multiplayer. Like the like the meme of the dude playing Minecraft and he can't cut anything down because his buddy has made a massive cow farm. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> those videos are so that. funny. That makes sense. <laughs> That's so funny. They're like, "What are you doing? I'm working on the chicken farm still, and it's like still? 18 chunks wide and yes. deep. It's that, like that's what I'm saying. Like, he's like, what, like, "What did you do? Exactly. But if I'm playing in a solo player aspect, make that like if the graphics are going to be that high, and I can play at a 60 FPS. Let me shoot myself in the foot by grabbing 500 sandwiches and hoarding them. Yeah. Like, that's my own fault. That's my yeah. own fault. That's so always be been the problem with console gaming, though, because uh, you can't really choose what you want. Yeah. You play this resolution, and that's it. But for PC, you get all the customizability you want, and then later, I bet you mods will come out, and it'll run perfect. <sighs> to be fair, though, Bethesda games, I don't think have ever been less than six, or more than 30 FPS. That's true. Yeah. But I think they could get away with it. I just don't think they want to. No. They they are outdated, kind of like Nintendo. They cannot. I agree. It's really strange. I have. Yeah. So yeah. buying Nintendo's stuff, man. Did I mean, you guys yeah. watch if, any? If you, if you don't stop buying it, they're not gonna they're not gonna stop selling it. I gotta keep buying the stuff though. I know. All right, moving on from Nintendo because that has nothing to do with open world gaming. That's right fair. That's fair. I mean, I could go on and on, but yeah. Some of the best open world games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Joey, what were you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> Ship customization. Have you guys seen any gameplay? Yes, or any a, a little, so cool. little, little bit. So cool. The shipbuilding is the most modular thing I've seen in a game. It reminds me of Space yeah. Engineers, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. It's a yes. Steam game. You can build your ship. It's like block based, kind of like uh, yeah. Minecraft or um, other games. But um, you can do anything you want. You can design it however you want. You can build it however you want. It can be big or small. It doesn't matter. You can have several ships. That's Crazy. pretty cool. It is awesome. You have like complete custom ability. Yeah. Custom yeah. ability? Customizability. Customizability, yeah. You have to get the resources, I think, to be able to build it. So depending on how much, you might have a small ship in the beginning, but you might have like mm. a huge frigate by the end of the game. 
Wow. And, yeah. and and I don't know Sounds for sure, glorious. but I think you can assign crew members to autonomously run that ship for you and trap have resources go I'm across. That's cool. Right. I'm pretty so sure, yeah. that brings me into my next thing that's going to blow you away is you can recruit people and have them work on your outposts to gather resources for you. And that can be compiled. And, and what I hope is, is that they'll automatically load up ships for you and you can assign a pilot to transfer materials back to your main base. That seems yeah. very grand. Yes. So you run your that's, own mafia. That's like I'm telling you, start. I'm getting goosebumps for the fourth time. This is going to be the game of the year. If, uh, if it, I don't think I, it's going to. If they do it right, the 30 FPS is the only thing. For another game before its release ever again. I know. After Cyberpunk, I'm done. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> there's is that what, is that what you? So <laughs> you brought up. I. I. So people are saying, like Joey is saying, Starfield is going to be this great game. They said they were working on it for like 25 years, which is yep. weird. Concept, yeah. but conceptually. but. I think it's gonna flop, and the Stop. only reason why yeah. I think this don't is because do don't you do that to it, me right now? Because they are overselling what they are talking about, and they are going to not. They're gonna underdeliver. I don't they're, know, man. They're gonna underdeliver, and it's gonna be a no man's sky situation where they're saying it's this massive no! thing, and then and then it's this. It's just. It's just. I just can't see it. So, I, it might be really good in the future, but they're gonna release an under developed product and everyone's going crazy and it's just not going to work exactly I, I don't think it's going to did I don't you play think Fallout 4? yeah did yeah. you play Fallout 3? I played a little bit of Fallout 3 so I think personally Bethesda makes the best single player games and and I think wow some of the best obviously, I, obviously I love Elden Ring obviously I love Elden Ring before you go any further coming out. I'm before you go any further sure, go naughty dog Okay, I could go with that. I never got into Uncharted as much as you guys did. That's true. That's true. And, I, I, that, and Santa Monica. I don't Monica, really like but... the linear games either, though, as much. That's I fair, too. I like the open world style. So. That's fair. That, like, completely thrives off of single-player games. Yeah, that's those, also those true. Those are, like, really cinematic experiences, though, too, as well. Yeah. I so, at least for yeah. um, Uncharted series. Sucker yeah. Punch. Don't forget about Sucker Punch. They really only got infinite. Well, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. Infamous, Sly. Um, I mean Sly. Yeah, but that's not like one of their best products. You it's you have to admit, good, man. it's good. But like really in the good. general public, not a lot of people know of Sly Cooper. No, they don't. They that, don't really know. Problem. Ghost that's of Tsushima is their best cool. product, and I haven't even played that. Yeah. That almost won Game of the Year. They're making no, a movie agree. over I'm that. Just, I'm disagreeing with him. Yeah. I will die on this hill as many times as I need to mention Sly Cooper in my lifetime. <laughs> I will do it to get the most amount of people to know about this franchise. Until we get the movie, it's I won't so stop talking good. about it. It is. It is good. Get really Sly good. Five, the movie that's already done, by the way. Yeah, and I know. A TV show that has, I think, fifty episodes completed. Something, or something. insane. Just release it. I and please just release it. Okay? I want it so That's bad. All I want in this life. It is. I want you to remaster the games. I want. You, I want a lot. I'm willing yeah. to settle. Okay, we can haggle. We can do Pawn Stars. Whatever you want. Best I can do is remaster. We'll call <laughs> it. That's fine. So just give me something, something. please. I don't want to deviate from open worlds or all of that too much. I know Joey sorry. still wants to talk about Starfield, and I do too. Well. Because yeah, we, we it is going to be massive. But. We can talk about Starfield a little bit more, but now that we're on the topic of it, I just mm. want to go through and mention our favorite developers for open world games real quick. Since I, I mentioned Bethesda and, and uh, From Software for Elden Ring for me. Mm. We'll just go around real quick. Josh, what do you think? We'll give you a second to think. Yeah, what, give me what, a second. Do, what do you think? Oh, best developer. I really like Bioware. Okay. 
Bioware's got some great games. Mass Effect being, you know, the the protege of the of the company, but they're Magnus Copum Corp Magnum Co- Opus. Ma- Magnum I, Magnum Opus. I only speak English. I can't speak any other languages. What do you think, Dan? Uh, Valve and Psionics, you know. Valve. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, I put Valve out there just because of like those are some of the games that I just grew up on. All those That's like fair. Steam PC games, like oh. I'm gonna go with either Bethesda. Um, I think Bethesda probably. I was gonna say From Software, but Elden Ring's really their only real open world game. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna have to go with Bethesda. Mm. Their Dark Soul games are a little bit open world, but it's very linear. You really have to go from one boss to another. Yeah. It's not like Elden Ring. If I'm yeah, being you're right. You're right. I agree with him. Yeah, but I'd have to say probably Bethesda. I yeah yeah. Did yeah. so Bioware make Knights yeah. of the Old Republic? Who made Knights of the Old Republic? I'm oh, I have myself. no idea. That is a great game, though. I'm not sure. Because there's Republic, and I'm thinking, guys, we're overlooking two amazing titles. And that there's is so Wizard many. 101 and oh, Pirate stop, 101. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> All right, on. we're not even going to talk about that. One of my buddies has um, a buddy that plays Wizard 101. <laughs> yeah. And he has been playing it for years. That's great. Club Penguin? Old School RuneScape? That's not open. RuneScape, yep. Yeah. RuneScape. Are you sure? It was Bioware. Knights of the um, Bioware. Okay, yeah. I thought it was. Another open world game coming out this year is Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to rival Game of the Year. I think well, there's but. also, we were saying earlier, there hasn't been a game that came out this year that's open world that's really that big. Hogwarts Legacy game. Oh, oh yes. my I gosh. Know. Yeah. Um, Wait. Uh, Mad Giant Tori I forgot about that. The hell out of that Chesco's been playing that. Yeah, was that this Chesco's year? He's been, been uploading it on YouTube. Oh, that was he has a lot of content games. out for that. It's huge. Like, it, it Shout out to Chesco, game. man. I'm not a big... Yeah. I've never been a big Harry Potter fan, but like watching the gameplay, like it looks like a lot of fun. I, it, I that's am, true. I, I'm waiting for the price to drop because I'm cheap. Uh, but I will be playing so many hours of that game yeah and between that and starfield i have the next like three and a half years of my life booked out i can't i can't do any weekend getaways guys we can't hang out we can't, can't do it i'm just gonna be 24 7 hogwarts legacy and, and starfield dan are so, you yeah. able to pull up a list of the upcoming open world games oh uh, yeah i can do that What's i know w- one that i was gonna mention well i mentioned was spider-man 2 the first spider-man is a great open world game um one thing that i love about that well First off, I'm a diehard Spider-Man fan, so I'm going to love it either way. But what makes it fun is that you feel like you're Spider-Man. You're actually, like, swinging through oh, the yeah. sitting. So it's like, I have, I, I enjoy doing that. It's just fun. It's, it's like Fortnite when you get the web shooters. Honestly, ironically, they do it the best with it's web so slingers. Cool. It's insane how good that is. But, yeah, I the open world aspect of Spider-Man is really, really good. You can explore almost anything you want. And you'll get lore out of it. And me, diehard Spider-Man fan, fan I love that. That is so yeah. much fun to me. Jedi Survivor also came out. Oh, that did oh, come yeah, out. That but that one also mm-hmm. Loki kind of flopped. Gosh yeah. darn it. Well, okay. on release, it's probably good now with the technical issues. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I know myself. there were people were running into issues on PC. Yeah, yeah. Diablo yeah, so. Four considered open world. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big one right Guys, now. Guys, we missed a lot. We've, dude, I know. So there's many. so many. That's what I was saying. Like, I mean, we can saturated. Like, we could talk about. Oh, it's insane. They're so diverse. Though. Everything. Exactly. We barely touched GTA. We can just yeah. move on. So we can just move on from Starfield. We should just. Yeah. I mean. Coming out. Yeah, have you guys ever played Crackdown? 
Right, no, so but I've heard of it. Arc I don't two. know who's Ar oh, oh yeah, Redfall. new Redfall. division game. Division game is coming yeah. out. Heart uh, Heartland or something. Yeah, it's more of like a Tarkov game, I think. Wow. But that'll be pretty fun. The Suicide Squad. Uh, eh. it's supposed to be an open world game. I've never heard about. That I think one. that's gonna be more linear. I think. I I'm not too sure though. Hit it. Avatar Frontiers of Pain. Oh, okay. So I have a big thing. Out. Terrible, terrible. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's just Far Cry. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's just a reskin. Oh, it looks man. like a mix of Far, Far Cry and Ark. To Wait, me. is yeah. that actually what it is? No. So I forgot about Far Cry. It's, it's an Avatar game, of course. Yeah. But for, it's by the same developers. It's just a reskin, pretty much, of almost everything, and turned into a first-person Far Cry game, but Avatar. It's a Ubisoft. Have you guys it's, ever played yeah. Far Cry? It's a Ubisoft. I have played a little uh, bit here and there. Far Cry Three, it was a little bit. I played but Far I watched Cry gameplay. New Dawn with uh, one of my roommates. Which one was that? That is like, I don't know. It's it's like Avatar I'm not big on or um Far Cry Three or something. Like Far, I, I don't know. I I'm not big on the Far Cry games, but I just know like the style of gameplay. Yeah, it was like That's an apocalyptic of... world. It's kind of like oh. Just Cause, like how it plays. Oh. You know, how they, you, just you, it's, like a sand, it's like a sandbox open so, world game. I yeah. guess it's more of a sandbox. Just Cause is a big open world game yeah. too. It's huge. That is big. I never got into that one too much. Oh, man. Oh, boy. We've talked so about a lot. So we could keep talking so about it. There's just so many games. Going we back, could just go there and pull apart, pull one of them, and just sit there and talk about. Oh, it. I know. So, what are you most excited for upcoming wise? Starfield. Hey, it's gotta Same. Be Starfield. It. Yeah. It's gotta be. Personally, Spider Man, but uh, Starfield. I would say Starfield, but the frame rate. I'm. I think Spider Man, Spider -Man looks ah. a lot of fun, and I'm really excited for it. But as much as I don't want to get hyped for Starfield, yeah, I agree with him. It's going to flop. Mm. I am excited for it. I, yeah. I I am excited for it too. It's just I am I don't want to get too excited about it. I am yeah. just I, I can't I can't I, do it's that. Just all the games recently have just been not been releasing well. I so really it's hard think, to put your hope in something, and I don't like pre-ordering things at all anymore because yeah, of that. I agree. Yeah. I really think it started with No Man's Sky with the underdeveloped games, and we can talk about that in another episode because yeah. that's yeah. massive. But no Man's it really Sky, started with No Man's Sky. I think Sky. the one that really sealed it for me was. Uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Another one is Anthem. Yeah. I don't know. There's oh, like, that was God. that was supposed to be like the game of the century, you and people were saying that. that about Starfield. Yeah, I Why? still want to. Oh, it started oh. with No Man's Sky, then it went to Anthem, and then they just shoved the stake into our heart with Cyberpunk. Like it was just like okay. Ah. The worst part about Cyberpunk was they delayed it for so long. And yeah, it still wasn't. It wasn't even, like, close yeah. to done. That was the thing. When they released Ugh. it, it was just a completely broken game. Half the mechanics didn't work. It makes me so angry. It's, the, it's that one meme. It's the, um... Well, I don't want this. Well, then why did you ask for it? Yeah. yeah. I don't like underfinished games. That's kind of why. Ask for it? Every oh, time they delayed, people got mad. People, mm -hmm. you know, were sending angry letters to the developers. And they finally gave him the game, and they were like, look, this is it's not finished, but here it is. Yeah. That's why I kind of have been liking so, more linear games, is because 90% of the time, they're usually finished. Yeah. And if it's not finished, it's more of like a graphical and technical yeah, issue. It's not story-wise and the world-building itself. Yeah, you got to sure. feel for the developers a little bit, because I'm sure they, I, I they feel rushed, I'm sure. I think they're getting a lot of pressure on them to be able to produce material, and they're just not really able to do what they want to do because they're set on a deadline. I've heard, you know, from different podcasts that some developers are frustrated. 
I don't yeah. I don't feel bad for some developers. Ubisoft, some, some I don't feel bad. I mean, like, the individual people. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And, like, the teams. Sure. But yes and no, it, it's different scenarios for like, everyone. But I think there's a huge push just to get grab money these days. Yeah, for, like, yeah. Ubisoft, they push out an Assassin's Creed game, like, almost every single year. Oh. And it's almost the same game every single year just because they're trying to push something there's out. no originality it's like it, COD. no yeah, yeah. Exactly like COD, yeah it is exactly like cod there's two ways you can go now when you're making games you can hype up a game and release it half finished or you can reskin the same game with better graphics every year if they put as much oh, yeah. time into marketing yeah Yep. The marketing, 2K yeah. And or I'll take the rosters, add one new feature. That's the recipe. For That's 2K. true. We'll talk about that next. Uh, our next yeah. guest will be uh, my old college roommate Ben Wheeler. He will be uh, joining us for a sports episode, and he is also the host of his own podcast. But we'll get into that on. That yeah, we'll get back. Yeah, we'll get into that. So, well, we could we keep going on with this. For... I think I'm okay with the conversation. I, I think I'm I think I'm done. Yeah, I mean I think I've said everything I wanted to say. Yeah. But me too. I would like to mention to everybody that's still listening. Thank you very much. We all appreciate it, but also we have a little announcement. Go for it. We have a partnership now. We Woo! do. So we're actually partnered with W Energy. Uh we haven't tried it yet. We're still we're still waiting on some stuff. We're we're, we're going to review it and let you guys know about it. Uh I would I'm not going to plug the code yet or anything. I'm not going to even give you guys a taste of what it tastes like yeah, until we, we try it. We want to taste it first. But they claim it's jitterless energy. So jitterless we'll we'll try it out. Energy. Just something to uh look forward to. And so, another thing, yeah. I don't know if we could mention it. What's up? We're trying to work on some merch, so if you guys oh, would like to uh, have some merch, let us know. It's in its early stages, but We're if you it. would like it, let us know, yes. and we can make adaption adaptations to it yeah. as needed. So yeah, true. We, there's a lot of things to look forward to. We've got a lot of things planned. We're, We're excited. Up. This, everyone, has been episode 15 of the Gaming Goons podcast. Open World Games Feet Fivo. Dan, before we leave, would you like to plug your channel or anything? Uh, I'm streaming. I'm on a little bit of hiatus right now, but I stream on twitch.tv slash Fivo. It's F3 underscore VO. And my Twitter is same thing, F3 underscore VO. Uh, hit me with a follow and thanks for having me on, guys. I we really, really appreciate yeah, you yeah, being it on. It was awesome. It's been a good time. So, everyone, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Uh, check us out on our socials. We have TikTok. We have Instagram. YouTube shorts should be going up here within the next couple of weeks. We're trying out video. Hopefully that goes well. We appreciate you guys. We love you. And we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. See you. Bye.